Well, we're here celebrating Mother's Day, um, and I'm excited to be with you to celebrate Mother's Day. Um, you know, Mother's Day comes before Father's Day, and I always wondered about that when I was a kid. Um, and then as an adult, I asked the question to my mother. See, my mother always had the clever answer. So once I asked my mother, why is Mother's Day before Father's Day? And she said, you know, my mother's smart. She said, uh, so we can spend our tax refund on mothers. Um, mothers are wonderful, aren't they? They spend the first two years of their child's life teaching them to walk and talk. Then they spend the next 16 years telling them to sit down and be quiet. We have a lot of mothers at the Resurrection Center at Springfield, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, we have our spiritual mother, Pastor Melly. Today we honor our mothers for good reason. Let's give a round of applause to all mothers. Let's give them honor. Uh, today I'll share a story of one such mother from beginning to end, from her start to her final finish, and all the way through the journey. You'll get the whole picture. You see, my mother has been having the best coffee in heaven for nearly six years now. You don't know how important something is until you lose it. That is why I'm in great celebration today. I look at mothers in a way of reflecting on the past. When you look at the past, you've seen where you have come from and where you are going. My mother was from my past, and she is part of where I am going. It's a good future. With God in the center, I owe a lot to my mother. My future is influenced by what I celebrate today, Mother's Day, with God in the center. What does the Bible say about Mother's Day? The Bible consistently asks followers to honor and love their mothers. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, the scripture reads, Honor your father and your mother. And in Leviticus 19.3, the scripture reads, Everyone should, Every one of you shall revere his mother, and his father. And it's in other places in the Bible as well. Did you know how smart mothers are? Moms have a lot of wisdom. They always have the right answers. Here's a story of when I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, I asked my mother, how did the human race appear? My mom answered, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and all mankind was made. It's in the Bible. Later, I asked my dad the same question. He said, many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. Confused, I went back to my mother and asked, Mom, how is it possible that you told me that the human race was created by God and Dad said they were developed from monkeys? And my mother, she's very clever, she's very smart, she said, well, Dave, it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family and your father told you about his. <laughs> I'm going to tell you another story, and it's a true story. Um, after the tornado, you remember it in June 1st, 2011? A made-for-TV movie was filmed in August to be part of the Springfield Community Festival at the Bing Arts Center as a gift to the city. There's a long story behind that. That's for another day. In the movie, shown in September of that year, this was 2011, our pastors and others talked about what it was like being parents. Our pastors were not ordained yet at the time, the pastors just had their 10-year anniversary celebration and talked about what it was like being parents. Their daughter, Rebecca, had just turned nine and loved to play soccer. This was said in the movie. They explained they had just met when they were teens. 
Pastor Mel is quoted in the movie saying, and it still airs today, it's still on Amazon. Um, uh, she talked about it. It's a great, uh, it was great, and it's a struggle with ups and downs, with family support and the grace of God. She talked about being thankful to have the opportunity to be a mom. Uh, she accomplished a dream of uh, going to Disney World in Orlando and talked about making dreams come true. We learned from Pastor Millie what a mother and spiritual mother is. You, you just look at how she is. And there's 11 things. A mother believes in you. A mother makes you look your best. A mother knows your future. A mother comforts you. A mother shares the beauty of the world. A mother never forgets. A mother takes care of all of her children. A mother is efficient. A mother knows the pain of loss. A mother knows true love. A mother wants her children to be happy. Can you relate to this? I will tell you the story of my mother. The story I share is not unique. There are a lot of great mothers out there. But it's one a full circle from start to end, from my mother's first child to being called to heaven. Each motherly experience is the same because of the 11 items I just mentioned. My story that I'm about to tell you is like your story. If you are a mother, then you will understand. As I share this story, think of God in the middle. Everything my mother did for me, I multiplied by eight because she had eight children. When she said she thinks of each of her children individually, that was not a cliche. She really did. I grew up with the love of a mother. When she went to heaven, the love remained. That is why I celebrate today. I still carry the love. It's a feeling that God teaches us through mothers. All mothers teach us about Jesus. Think about that. All mothers can teach us about Jesus. Every mother is able to love her children no matter who they are or what their circumstances are. A child doesn't have to earn maternal love. However, it turns out to be so natural that even when the child is in the womb, the child begins to learn something special about their mother. When mothers accept love and show affection to their children, even when they make mistakes or fall short of expectations, this is unconditional love. In other words, it is a form of love with no strings attached. Therefore, parents love their children for who they are, no matter what. See, Jesus teaches us unconditional love also. Now, the story I'm about to tell you is called, and it's the title of the message, The Night the Lights Went Out in Boston. I'll say it again. The story I'm about to tell you is called The Night the Lights Went Out in Boston. Every time the lights went out in Boston, a light was shining and my mother was there. This is what I remember. Now let's go back to the 1950s. You might think of the year 1955 looking like the TV show Happy Days, uh, which was released in 1974, or the movie Grease, which was released in 1978. Is the theme of Happy Days going through your head right now? Do you picture Fonzie on his bike? My mother always said the 1950s were her favorite. Let's talk about 1955, right in the middle of the 1950s, 1955. So what was it? It was 10 years after World War II and Dwight D. Eisenhower was the 34th president of the United States. Boston Airport started to become a major transatlantic gateway a year before being renamed to Logan International Airport. 
1955 World Series matched the Brooklyn Dodgers against the New York Yankees with the Dodgers winning the series in seven games to capture their first championship in franchise history. That was an amazing World Series, and that was in 1955. Martin Luther King Jr. earns a Ph.D. from Boston University. A gallon of gas was only 23 cents. And the first polio vaccine was announced, and that was in April of 1955. Yeah, <laughs> vaccines were a thing back then, too. The story begins on an autumn day in 1955, not in the ground, but in the air at 25,000 feet. Aboard a TWA Boeing 377 Stratocruiser, heading eastbound. They didn't have a 777. They didn't have a 747. These were four-engine propeller airplanes back in the day. The day was on Halloween, October 31st. It was a four-engine propeller aircraft, slightly bigger than a bomber my father flew during World War II, a B-24 Liberator. It was the night the lights went out in Boston. On Monday, October 31, 1955, it was raining heavy and it was 57 degrees. The claps of thunder were with strong gusts of winds. It was amazing. There were power outages all over Boston. A flight bound for Boston Airport was turbulent at around 30 minutes out descending below the cloud line. A 33-year-old scientific entrepreneur was focused on writing on a yellow pad of paper. He looked confident. A 22-year-old woman had her eye had her eye on that 33-year-old man. There was something about him. She had just been turned down for an airline stewardess position because her left eye was brown and her right eye was blue. TWA, who she had applied for, said she might be self-conscious. She never was. She was confident. She was another one who was confident. And she was when her, she was when her brown and blue eyes noticed Doc. That was his name, Doc, who was wearing a suit and seemed very busy with his notepad. Curiosity, confidence, and a spark was felt inside the woman called Marianne. That was my mother. The plane descended below the clouds about 30 minutes out while the propellers churned through the stormy air. The city below was familiar territory. It was Springfield they were flying over on a dark, cloudy, rain and thundering day. Lightning lit up the sky. Doc, my father, grew up on Dwight Street in Springfield, and Marianne grew up on Roosevelt Ave in Springfield. They never met in Springfield before because of the age difference. They were 11 years apart. They didn't go to the same school. The plane flew onward towards Boston where the city was experiencing the storm intensity and lights were going out everywhere. There was wind, lightning, thunder, heavy rain. The wind buffeted against the aircraft. The lights went out in Boston because of the storm. The four-propeller TWA Boeing 377 Strider Cruiser landed in Boston Airport with a small stable bounce on the heavy rain-soaked runway. It wasn't called Logan yet. A year later, in 1956, the airport name would be changed to the Lieutenant General Edward Lawrence Logan International Airport. That's the full name. But on that day, lightning lit up the sky as the Strider Cruiser rolled to a stop at the terminal. Doc and Marianne walked off the aircraft as thunder boomed outside. The city had no lights. Only 103 days passed, 28% of the year, three months and 11 days. On Saturday, February 11, it was windy and snowy, although the temperature was slightly above freezing. 
And that's when Marianne, my mother, became the wife to Doc. God doesn't waste time. Husband and wife holding hands walked out of the Needham, Massachusetts church. She with a white coat and he in his black suit and tie. The picture shows snowflakes falling that early evening. The picture shows the wind from the snow. Not a bad weekend just days before Valentine's Day. On Monday, later that year, on Monday, December 24th, 1956, it was snowing and the next day was a beautifully enchanted white Christmas. It looked so elegant outside, just like a Hallmark movie, except it was real snow. It was also the first day that Marianne Ewan became a mother. That was a good week. Later, by 1961, my mother had four boys. My mother was looking forward to a girl in the future. She didn't know that to have a girl, it would also come with a boy. Twins. She also didn't know she would learn an important lesson for a mother. To fight for her life so that she could fight for her children's life. It was after the summer midnight on August 10th, 1963, when the unthinkable happened on a stormy night. On on a day of strong damaging thunderstorms with high temperatures, or around 70 degrees more than high, Dr. Kenny at Faulkner Hospital in Jamaica Plains on 1153 Center Street had already been up for 24 hours when my mother was rushed to the emergency room. It was 5 o'clock in the morning in the ER, and Dr. Kenny was exhausted. The fight was on. The choice was made. Save Marianne. My father was giving my mother shots and doing other things in the delivery room. If it was illegal, it was happening. But it was a wartime effort. The fight was on. It was a defining moment of a mother's fight for her life and her children's life. People at the hospital thought the twins may not be saved. Just before 5.30 a.m., a little girl was born, followed by a boy, and rushed to recovery to be stabilized. The storm raged on the next day also, as it was windy and stormy at 66 degrees. But the storm in the hospital calmed as my mother and twins recovered from the fight. We had won. When it was time, the twins arrived home now to be a family of eight with six children. Two more children would come by 1970, and my parents had eight children. My siblings would agree with what we learned from our mother. A mother believes in you. A mother makes you look your best. A mother knows your future. A mother comforts you. A mother shares beauty of the world. A mother never forgets. A mother takes care of all her children. A mother is efficient. A mother knows the pain of loss. A mother knows true love. A mother wants her children to be happy. I'll tell you my story. I went to kindergarten twice. My mother believed in me. She knew that it was not, and the word that was used back then, retarded, not challenged, it was retarded. Um, I skipped first grade and entered second grade with my twin sister. There was a training. I saw doctors. There was a development process. Number two, braces. They made me look my best to be in good health. Okay? I had teeth that were perpendicular to the wall. I had teeth that had all different kinds of radio signal angles. Uh, we were connect, We were uh, receiving radio signals from space. Um, number three, at 12 years old, my mother said I would be a business owner. She knew me. She knew a calling that I had before I knew it. And if you believe it, she said I was a ham. That was a phrase back in the day. She, you know, I like to talk. Really, I was so shy. I really was. 
But she knew, at that time I was shy, she knew that, that I was going to be a speaker. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I really didn't. And I, I was very shy. But somehow she knew that, I would, uh, that I'd be standing in front of you today. Um, number four, my mother comforted me with my favorite food. Um, my favorite was a roast leg of lamb with mint jelly. Mm. It was my favorite. She would serve that to the family because she knew it was my favorite. Uh, my oldest brother, the firstborn, would have lasagna. We all love that. And his birthday is on Christmas Eve. So that is uh, what we all has for Christmas Eve. Unbelievable uh, lasagna. Uh, number five, my mother knew the beauty of nature. She liked to share it. She had this wonderful vegetable garden in the back. I remember the tomatoes, the carrots, the cucumbers, and, and everything else. It was amazing. She loved outside sports. She taught me how to skate. She taught the whole family how to skate. My father taught me how to build the skating rink. Uh, my mother taught me how to skate. And my brothers taught me how to play hockey. Uh, number six, my mother remembered everything. And I get that from her. Uh, she would change her ring. She had this black amethyst ring. And she would change it to her other ring, her, to her other finger. Um, and it was to remember something. Um, and she would say, Dave, I changed my ring so that I could remember to say something to you. Number seven, a mother can handle all of her children. My mother knew how to round up the flock. Can you imagine where everyone was in a game of hide and go seek? We had a big property, you know, everyone's hiding, you know, in the woods or, you know, in, in the house or everywhere. We, <laughs> we can never find each other, but we played the game. <laughs> but my mother could find us. It was a boat horn. You know, I'm a sailor, and that's what it is. It's sort of this uh, can, this pressurized air with this horn. And, you know, she would hold it out the back door. And uh, it was 5 p.m. dinner. <laughs> so she could get us real fast. And where would she find us? At the table. <laughs> My mother was efficient, just like with the boat horn. She would often go to bed early to wake up the next morning to start cleaning the house without distraction from eight children. As a kid, I remember some days she would go to bed at 7 p.m. in the evening because she had to be up at 3 a.m. to do laundry and get myself and siblings ready for school the next morning. I mean, she did for all of us. She really did. Uh, Mondays were always cleaning days. It was always a special day of focus. We all know we weren't supposed to disturb her regimen and plan for that day. Number nine. Number nine. A mother can feel lost. On Monday, May 26, was Memorial Day in 1986. I was 22 years old. It was on Saturday when my 28-year-old brother died in a car accident at 9.15 uh, p.m. on a windy night. On Sunday morning, I got the call. It was 7.20 in the morning. The laws were different back then, so the Boston Globe immediately printed his name in the story before I knew about it. I worked that week, so there was no privacy. There was no privacy. That, uh, where, that, uh, that weekend I worked, and I brought the newspaper to work to explain why I'd be out for the rest of the day. Uh, my mother learned that with loss, there is life. We all learned that at the end of that summer. Uh, here in the U.S., the summer holiday exp uh, experience begins on Memorial Day weekend. That was a different summer for my mother and all of us. Labor Day in September ends the uh, summer holiday experience, and that's when my mother became a grandmother for the first time. So my twin sister had her first of three boys. So with death, we saw life. In the darkness, God shows his light. That's when my twin sister became a mother. 
Okay, so because my mother was strong, we were all strong. Uh, number 10, my mother knows true love. On March 30th, 2002, I met my wife, Maria. You heard this story before, blah, 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 blah. Four months later, I proposed to her. Two months after that, we were married. Uh, it was my mother who suggested giving me her mother-in-law's engagement ring. That's my father's mother. My father said, if it doesn't work out, he wants the ring back. It was my mother who knew that this was the real deal. After, my me after meeting my wife and then Garrett getting married uh, in six months, my mother said, <laughs> what took you so long? I mean, think of it, my mother. It, it was three months, 11 days. For me, it was six months. So she's, you know, what took you so long? <laughs> see, my mother doesn't waste time. God doesn't waste time. So I continue to see the love of a mother through my mother-in-law. I remember we picked her uh, and my father-in-law up in December of 2003 in Rockefeller Center to live with us. They had just left their country of Columbia behind to live with us. So that's my other experience. But I'm talking about my mother today, but I wanted to give honor and rever reverence to my mother-in-law who continues to live with us. She, uh, she's almost 85. Um, in recent years, my parents had moved outside of Boston to South Deerfield. That's just north of Springfield. Uh, that's in, um, if you know where the Yankee Candle Factory is, um, it's that uh, mountain with the service road with the tower on top. Well, they lived on the north side of the mountain, uh, of that mountain range. That's, and because they lived on the north side, uh, the snow was deeper with less uh, sunlight in the winter. We always had a white Christmas, even if Springfield did it. Um, let me tell you about the year 2014. Uh, the year 2014 was fast moving. It was a very comfortable 70 degree summer day um, on Saturday, July 26th during a family reunion at my parents' house. It was wonderful. Uh, it was like the perfect weather. It really was. Uh, the wind on the mountainside was refreshing and the bright sun was warm. My, life, my wife loved the long private conversation she had with my mother at the kitchen table that day. My mother adored my wife, and so did my father. Uh, uh, Maria is very, uh, has very fond memories uh, of that day. On that day, uh, we never saw it coming. It came out of nowhere. We never saw it coming. That day would be the last time we would all be together as a family. A month later, on August 26th, it was windy and sunny at 72 degrees, it was a beautiful day. Uh, the message that afternoon was that my mother was afflicted with an aggressive stage four cancer. The strength of my mother in her faith in the Lord made her accept what was to be. Our hope endured. A month later, exactly 30 days, on a warm autumn day on Friday, August, uh, I should say September 26, 2014, it was windy and sunny at 60 degrees. The happy sun was peeking over the mountaintop reaching over to put a glow over my parents' house uh, at um, nine o'clock in the morning. It was a windy day, so the trees were waving their uh, leaves in celebration. The blow of the chimes next to the window played a beautiful music like angels. It was a chime, it's really nice. The smell of autumn air, that smell I like, was just starting as the new holiday season was beginning with leaves changing colors. The glow of the sun shone brightly. <coughs> At 9.20 a.m., it was my mother's time to return home to be with the Lord. Her last words spoken were, I tried the best that I could. That was 58 years after being on a TWA Boeing 377 Stratocruiser on the day the lights went out in Boston. Proverbs 31.31 says, Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise 
at the city gate. A white Christmas tree symbolic of white wedding roses was placed on the mountainside next to my parents' house. Which brings me to number 11. My mother always wanted her children to be happy. She wanted her children to experience love, the same kind of love uh, she gave. Well, my wife makes me happy. In the December that followed the passing of my mother, I asked uh, Maria to renew our vows. And on Saturday, January 17th, 2015, at one o'clock in the afternoon, the snow was on and off with a brisk, cold, windy day. It was way below freezing. The chill in the air was warmed with our ceremony to renew our vows as it would have been my mother's wish. Later that year, my father went to be with the Lord too. It was sunny and 52 degrees with a slight breeze to add a chill in the autumn air on Friday, October 8th, 2015. It was an hour before sunset uh, when the sun would be going down. My father passed shortly after 5 p.m. The sun was setting when I got the call. A few weeks later, it was a wonderful day of celebration of life. It was a windy, chilly day with the occasional slight raindrops at 37 degrees on Saturday, October 17th, 2015 at the cemetery in Brimfield, Massachusetts. The clouds were dark and puffy. It was the day to say goodbye to my parents. There were smiles, there was laughter, then it was time. As the moment ended, my wife and I walked away and we remembered the story, the nights, the lights went out in Boston. Because every time the lights went out in Boston, a light was shining and my mother was there. Again, I read Proverbs 31, 31, Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Let today be the day a new light shines for all mothers on Mother's Day. Remember, a mother believes in you. A mother makes you look your best. A mother knows your future. A mother comforts you. A mother shares beauty of the world. A mother never forgets. A mother takes care of all her children. A mother is efficient. A mother knows the pain of loss. A mother knows true love. A mother wants her children to be happy. My mother always had a sense of humor, so I have one more story to tell you. Did you ever get blamed for something you didn't do? Think of that. Let, let me know. Did you ever get blamed for something you didn't do? Don't you hate that? Well, one day when I came home from school, I went straight to my mother and I said, Mom, today my teacher punished me for something I didn't do. I got in trouble for something I did not do. My teacher scolded me. Wow. My mother was very angry and went straight to my teacher and scolded the teacher. When my mother came back home, she said, I scolded your teacher nicely just for scolding you. Then my mom asked, by the way, what was it that you didn't do? And I answered, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> All stand and raise your hands and close your eyes as we close in prayer. We're going to close in prayer. Dear Lord, we pray in gratitude for our mothers and grandmothers, aunts and mentors, and all women who nurture in a motherly way. Please grant these women the courage needed to endure the challenges that lie ahead. We thank you for the sacrifice of self each mom gives her children. We ask you, Lord, to be the source of spiritual and physical strength. Dear Lord, may we love and cherish the special women who have borne us, who have nurtured us, and who have prayed for our well-being. Amen. My name is David Ewan, and this is the Resurrection Center.